Hey everybody, it's Matt Weaver here with Bible Truth Project, and today we have a special guest. His name is Chanoch. I don't know how you say your last name in Hebrew, but it's Young in English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 kind of funny because here in Israel, people kind of think it's Yoing or Yang. So when they come and they meet me and they find out that I'm not from Asia, but actually from the Bronx, <laughs> it really, it, it, it's a little disconcerting for people, I have to admit. Oh, that's funny. Um, so anyway, I, I, I saw an interview that he had done with Dr. Hamp a few weeks ago and kind of sp- uh, piqued my interest because he, uh, you are an Israeli, of course, you were born here in America, but you made Aliyah back in the 90s. And um, you had an interesting conversation that I kind of wanted to dig into a little bit more just because I've um, studied a little bit on the subject and not saying I'm an expert, but it's something of interest. And that is kind of the whole Israelite um, in dispersion, lost tribes kind of a thing, uh, even though they're not really lost, if you will, um, et cetera. So I just wanted to, uh, yeah, get no, your take on no, it as, as an Israeli. So. Sure. Okay. Well, first of all, I came on Aliyah in 2009. Okay, I'm sorry. Come in the 90s. I'm way off. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. What happened in the 90s? Wow, what a long, strange trip it's been, if you'll pardon the song lyrics. Um, 1994, I'm sitting um, uh, in New York City, and I'm going through a, um, a local Jewish newspaper, a thing called the Jewish Press. And in the very back, there's a very small ad, really tiny ad, not well typeset, about some organization called United Israel World Union. And they're having their annual meeting in Manhattan. Uh, now, I had never heard of the organization. And again, remember, this is the 90s. This is before Al Gore invented the internet. So, you know, we had no way of looking up who are these people. So, it mentioned one mosaic faith for the entire world and the regathering of the lost tribes of Israel. And I was intrigued. And I went to this meeting and I found out that it was the, well, first of all, I was the only local person from New York at the time. And none of the, I mean, there were, if I remember correctly, this is now 28 years ago, there were, there were two people there who had converted to Judaism, but the rest of the group were not Jewish. And what was interesting is that's the first time someone ever said to me, you know, Hanoch, I'm not Jewish, but I think I'm part of Israel. So as I like to say now, for someone like me who's never gotten high and never gotten drunk, I couldn't imagine what they had ingested that caused them to have this kind of, what do, what do you mean? part of Israel, but not Jewish. And then I did a really interesting thing afterwards because they were lovely people. I went back and studied the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, over and over. I, went, I focused on the prophets. Like, so what did the prophets really say? And I was shocked because just about all of them speak of the time when all the tribes of Israel are going to be regathered. Yep. I mean, they guarantee it. Now, sadly, no one leaves us a blueprint that says, this is what they're going to look like. This is what they're going to sound like. 
And, you know, I often compare it to the story of Yosef, of Joseph. You know, he's standing there. His brothers have no clue who he is because he doesn't look like they'd expect. Right. He doesn't sound like they'd expect. Yep. They have no rational reason on earth to assume that he's their brother. That's the parallel situation, in my opinion, that we're in now. We're coming from vastly different religious traditions. And we're looking at each other across the table saying, you're the brother I was waiting for? Seriously? And it's a really interesting situation. The last 28 years in and out of interactions with, now remember 28 years ago, 1994, there was no Hebrew roots movement. Right. This was all just beginning. And I used to wonder why it was that I was having delusions. Like, who are these people? You know, it's like that line in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You know, who are these guys? And it's been intriguing. And I was convinced without a doubt that they were my long lost brothers and sisters. I have since moderated that view a bit because of things that people have done and said over the years that caused me to believe that they're being sorted out right now. And some are of Israel and some just are not. You know, it, it's, and, and I feel, I, I quote a lot of movie lines. I hope you don't mind. Um, no problem. Oh, brother, where art thou? Is you is or is you ain't my constituency. So it's really, and, and how do I now, you know, because I, it's not like I ever asked people to take a DNA test. I just took it at face value. If someone says, I think I'm part of Israel. The acid test is, do you stand with the state of Israel? And do you support your Jewish brothers and sisters? all based upon mutual respect. That's what I'm all about. Mutual respect for the reconciliation and restoration of all of Israel. Judah doesn't try to turn Joseph into Judah. And y'all love that part. The part that really kind of sticks in people's throat is that Joseph doesn't try to turn Judah into Joseph. Mm -hmm. And for many Americans, and I deal primarily with Americans, although this is not an American U.S.-based phenomenon, not at all. I've taught the uh, Ephraimite community in Sri Lanka, and they're coming from backgrounds as Buddhists, Hindus, and Muslims. Mm. In America, it's mostly people coming from one branch or another of Christianity. Mutual respect. And, you know, it's funny, whoever's listening to this, if they get nothing else from what I say tonight, please listen to this. Mutual respect does not mean that you agree with what I say. It doesn't mean that you even like what I believe. It's irrelevant. You don't get to make that choice. But you respect me for who and what I am as I respect you, knowing that Avinu Shabashamayim, our father in the heavens, is going to sort this whole thing out. We just have to be patient enough and have faith to let God be God. Very good. Very good points. thought I'd do a couple scriptures here. This is um, 
this is in the in in my book which i kind of go over some of the prophetic implications here the but just you gotta send the, me a copy please yeah well i might i might be in israel in a few weeks so if if i happen to be and we run into each other I might bring a copy along for you um don't threaten don't threaten us <laughs> that'd be great to have you here it'd be great to have you here yeah we're planning on it we're planning on it so we'll see we'll see how if we Super. get everything uh figured out but here's just some classic verses you know in isaiah 11 12 it says he will lift up a banner for the nations and assemble the dispersed of israel and a lot of people you know don't understand the prophetic distinction between the house of israel house of judah in the prophetic literature so oftentimes when it's referencing the two in the same phrase it's actually referring to the northern house and the southern house but assemble the dispersed of israel and gathered the scattered of judah from the four corners of the earth um Again, Isaiah 43, 5 through 6, uh, bring my sons from far, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Isaiah 49, 5, bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel back to him. Um, it just keeps right. going and going and going. It's 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 all over the prophetic uh, literature. And actually, it's interesting that you bring up the whole Joseph thing, because that's I kind of point to that as well, um, that it's kind of amazing that Joseph's two sons, if you look at the promises that that God made, uh, through Jacob, as he's laying his hands on the sons of Joseph, you know, he says that in Ephraim right. will be the fullness of the nations. Yeah. Right. And, and then you have that parallel of where the sons are, are in Egypt. They're in a foreign land. They're looking at their brother and they don't know him. And, you know, it's family. Exactly. So it's interesting how that all, all comes about. Now you've kind of seen it. You've spoke a little bit about, you've seen this shift kind of since the nineties. I mean, it doesn't seem like there was really any of this type of, or a lot of this type of thought that went on before that there was some, maybe British Israelism, some of that type of stuff, but that right. was, eh, it was a little, you know, you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of, yeah, there, there's a little, maybe threads of truth, maybe very tiny threads, but as far as in general, it was tiny. Yeah. In general, yeah. it's quite anti-Semitic actually, but, but still, yeah. um, but still the concept that, that Israel's dispersed in the nation seemingly is real, but it's a whole different shift since Israel's been in the land of people under all of a sudden kind of coming to this uh, connecting with the land They go to Israel or your tour guide. So you probably see this to where people go there. And all of a sudden there's just like this, I belong here. Like somehow I'm tied to this place. It's amazing. Matt, it's an amazing, amazing experience. I have guided hardcore mainstream Christians. So in other words, they, 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 they've never heard of Hebrew roots. They don't know anything at all about it. They don't know what, what it is that we've just been speaking about. And they get off the plane and they say to me, Hanoch, why did I break out, burst out crying? I don't have a single jewish bone in a in a in the skeleton rattling in the family closet why do i feel like i belong here and people then begin learning hebrew studying the tanakh the hebrew bible studying it from a perspective as we have done it for thousands of years and you know it's interesting because people go to france and they have a good time but they don't come back and say from now on only call me pierre and they wear a beret <laughs> and they act all friend. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a unique phenomenon in yep. the world. And again, we don't have a game plan from Hashem, from God, that says, and it's going to happen by A, B, C, and D. Now, we're able to tease out a number of clues. And certainly the Jewish side of the family 
returning to Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, rebuilding the land, reestablishing a sovereign state, growing that state. I mean, when you think about it, 1948, our Declaration of Independence, we had 600,000 Jews in the country. That's it. We were tiny. We were minuscule. Today, by far the largest Jewish community in the entire world, we have almost half in Israel right now. And that is no, oops, we're having an unstable unstable connection here. I hope you're hearing me. Yeah, I heard you. It's basically you're saying that over half the Jewish people are back in Israel. That's yeah. the basic assumption. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Well, my first trip over was back in 2011, which really wasn't that long ago, but it totally turned my world upside down. It was, I don't know. It's hard to put into words. It's hard to put in words. I remember some other people going and being like, man, it's going to change your life. And I almost resented it kind of because I didn't, I mean, not like I'm against yeah. Israel, but I just didn't understand, you know, and that's an attitude yeah. of a lot of people who have just never experienced it. Uh, it's, it's, it's really strange. It really is strange how that works. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree. I, I no longer tell people it will change your life. I've started to borrow the expression. It'll define your life. Mm. Um, because it, it kind of gives you that, you know, like either, either you're in or yeah. you're out. Right. And, you know, perhaps a little later, if we have time, we can get into some of over the last two years, what has changed in my perception of people that I've, you know, long since accepted as brothers and sisters. And now I'm thinking more of like, well, maybe some are, and maybe some aren't. Yeah. I mean, well, let's get into let's get into the attitude aspect a little bit. We might as well, unless you want okay. to get, unless you want to dig into sure. uh, some of the prophetic. But but let's dig into the attitude a little bit. I mean, one things I've some of the things I've noticed here are stateside is um, so there was an incident, and I get into it in my book, but it's kind of irrelevant per se. And that is, so I, I came to the understanding that this may be a thing, right? So that there the that there might be scattered descendants of Israel out there who don't know that they're Israel. So I did the, I did the smart thing and started in the Bible rather than just going to opinion. So I studied the prophets, you know, the Hebrew Bible, et cetera, and wanted right. to under, and wanted to get a, a scriptural footing for the concept rather than, you know, just looking at what people are coming up with. And then I went and looked at, and looked at some of the different views and stuff. But what I've noticed is in the, in the U S in like the messianic circles, um, you know, there's somewhat pushback against what here in the States we call the two house, uh, or, or what's known as two house theology or the right. house of Ephraim movement, which are movements. Um, and there's also, I mean, technically if we want to get into it, there's black Hebrew Israelites and some of these other movements that claim to be Israelite. Um, and, and it's interesting that a lot of times, um, there's connections or feelings amongst the messianics, et cetera, that some of these groups are very anti-Semitic. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Like how, what is the attitude from, from yeah. somebody or what should it be if they think, if they think, cause we don't know definitively, but if they think they would be an Israelite, 
what should the attitude be? Okay. I go back to those two key words, mutual respect. You know, there was a, there was a meme that I posted up on Facebook. I didn't create it. Um, and it has the uh, Gene Wilder, I guess it's Willy Wonka category, you know, character, you know, when, he, when he's kind of like looking back and it says something about, tell me again, how you're going to be one with brother Judah when you, all you do is diss his traditions, diss being disrespect. And I got almost violent criticism of that. No, those traditions have to be uprooted. Really? Who died and left you, boss? The meme was a little bit of a trick because in no way did it say, like our traditions, accept our traditions, agree with our traditions, adopt them for your own personal practice. Didn't say that. But what it comes down to is people lack mutual respect and they're filled with either replacement theology or just plain old, good old Christian supersessionism. The, there are elements of the Hebrew roots movement that look down upon both mainstream Christians and Jews. Mainstream Christians, they look down upon because they say, well, they have Jesus, and then they snidely say, yeah, but they should realize his name was Yeshua. But the silly mainstream Christians don't have the Torah. Now, on the other hand, you've got the, the, the Jews who are really stupid because they not only don't have Yeshua, but they thought they have the Torah, but we understand it better. Because the Hebrew roots world is coming at it from a classic Protestant sola scriptura perspective. In other words, they opened their, their translation because the vast majority of people that I met in the Hebrew Roots Movement don't know an Aleph from a Bet. So they're looking in, in all likelihood, a King James translation, and whatever is written there, that's what they take it to be. They have no understanding that we Jews have been doing this for several thousand years. The oral tradition, which, you know, causes, you know, heads to explode in the Hebrew Roots Movement, uh, and I did a teaching, um, I only did it once when I was in the States recently, but I'm going to be doing it a lot more on the Jewishness of Yeshua, correlating Yeshua's teachings with what, what we know of today as mainstream Jewish thought from the Mishnah, from the oral law. Now, someone coming from the Hebrew roots Christian world, and I say that both as a term, because most of the Hebrew roots movements they are Christian. They, they deny it. They want to distance themselves. But in belief and practice, many, if not most, are indeed Christian. So it's, this, it's, it's almost like the last element of Christianity to cling to people is replacement theology and anti-Semitism. And they'll say, no, 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 I love my Jewish brother. Well, you know, you can't love your Jewish brothers when all you're doing is trash talking them. And again, it doesn't mean you have to agree with us. I am sure that there are things that if I wanted to pick in yours or anyone else's religious walk, that I could. But that's not what we're supposed to be doing. That's why we have our Father in heaven, Avinu Shabbat He does that. 
He's going to correct us. Jeremiah 46, 28, when it says, you know, I will not full envy, but in due course, I will correct you. This is Hashem. This is God saying, and by the way, as I guess just about all Orthodox Jews, we don't attempt to pronounce the divine name. We say Hashem means the name. You can use any name that you want for the any 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 pronunciation of the divine name. I couldn't care less. You know, in, in fact, it's funny. Every once in a while, someone will come over to me when I speak and say, you know, Hanoch, I know you don't pronounce the divine name, but you speak Hebrew. So if you did pronounce the divine name, how would you do it? So, you know, I, I, I don't go down that road. It really, it, it's not the issue. But I have encountered... In 2013, I came to Israel in 2009, and I was drawn from my father in heaven to become a tour guide, because who else was going to be prepared to show my brothers and sisters their homeland once again? Two years, full-time, brutally hard course, make a long story short, but after that, I realized that that wasn't all I need to do. And people began convincing me to come to America to speak. And I recently completed my 23rd trip in the U.S. since August 2013. Of course, like the world, I was on hiatus for the last two years. Um, and I found an increasing amount of anti-Semitism in, within the Hebrew Roots movement. And it's, you know, it's gotten to a point where I realized, you know, Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe many of these people are not my brothers and sisters. Maybe, again, this is just classic replacement theology. And I remain really undecided on a global level. On an individual level, it's much dear for me to relate, you know, kind of who's in, who's out. But I saw it back in May of 2021. We in Israel got slammed by 4,500 rockets and missiles from the terrorists of Hamas in 11 days. And I'm watching, you know, I, I spend way too much time on Facebook, and I'm watching to see who of my friends who claim to be part of Israel will say, even, even the benign pray for the peace of Jerusalem. No, they had no time for that. But if Fauci was caught burping in public without a mask, they had to go on, on, on a tirade for a week about that. So I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been there several times where rocket attacks have taken place. And it's, it's, it's it, I understand it's like from a, just a standard geopolitical view, people like to pick sides, but it's like, unfortunately, you know, this is a biblical thing and it's complex. And the Bible says it will be complex. It'll be a stumbling right. stone, right? Jerusalem will be a stumbling stone. And it just, it's a tripping point for the world. And it's just really, it's amazing how that works. But um, yeah, I actually, when the U S decided to move their embassy to Jerusalem, I, I said that year, I have to go to, to Israel as well, just to celebrate that point. So I did. And um, it's, you know, it, it's just, it's uncanny how this stuff's tied in. And I know that the most of the Christian world, they're starting to wake up to it. I mean, there's a, there's a lot more interactions with that. And I spend time on Facebook too, you know, 
uh, just happened to post a comment a little bit before the show. It was that somebody else had posted this kind of typical replacement theology, anti um, Israel or anti Zionism kind of a post where people, you know, was talking about Hebrew rootsers, which, which is, I mean, it was a fair argument, but it was, it was kind of Christians pushing back against Hebrew rootsers and saying that, you know, they, right. they're off base, et cetera. But you know, this stuff exists. I mean, in uh, the circles that I am, people know that I'm this kind of crazy pro-Jewish um, individual that's sympathetic and all that kind of thing. I mean, I that's kind of a label. So when people see me, that's kind of what they think of in, in the community I am. So, <laughs> but I understand. I mean, it's, it is true. It's, and it's, you know, looking from the outside, it's very, I'm very careful to try to judge anything situation. Cause I understand there's, there's a, kind of the concept of the family fight where both both parties potentially have the right to live in the land of Israel but the people in general who are are fighting more than anybody is is I'm not going to say all Palestinians but Hamas and and terrorist organizations who just simply won't deal they just can't live with the idea that Israel belongs there that they, they they reject the archaeology they reject the history they reject all of it and say Israel has no place here. And I completely reject that. Yeah. I, you know, the, the, the one thing that I would just say very quickly, and then we can move on to other things is I don't believe that two national groups have a right to the land of Israel. Hashem, God gave the land of Israel to the people of Israel as a possession forever. Now I could go into when, local Arab immigration began into Israel as Jews were coming from countries in the Middle East in Europe and rebuilding the land, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, perhaps if you want, we can do that another time. But, you know, I just wanted to throw that in. Um, But there is a general yawn reaction. Ah, boring. When you speak about Jews being in danger. I mean, just the, just, you know, we, we had four Jews murdered. Yeah. And, you know, like how many Hebrew roots, quote unquote, two house congregations, people who truly believe they're part of it, how many of them said a word? Hmm. A peep? You know, it's, it's odd. After all these speaking engagements in America, I find, strangely enough, I'm often the very first live Jewish person that many people have met, whether it's in Gautier, Mississippi, or whether it's been in Iowa or wherever it is. So if nothing else, they know me. So you'd think my inbox of Facebook messages would be filled with like, oh my God, I heard four people were stabbed. What? Nada, zip, zero. So, you know, Again, with everything in the world right now, I think the world itself, as the prophet Amos, Amos said, you know, we're, we're, we're being shaken in a sieve. And, you know, we have to opt in. You know, a lot of people got that divine email saying, you know, y'all might be part of Israel. But you had to RSVP. You had to, you, you had to step in. You know, you can't just sit back and say, wow, that's cool. Yeah, you know, pass me another Coors Light, you know, sure. So 
anyway, moving right along that. No, that's a good discussion. Appreciate it. The, uh, so in, in your view, um, coming back to how this could all come together hypothetically, right? Right. So I would hold to, obviously as a believer. So I hold to kind of Jesus, the whole, the narrative that he had in Matthew 25, um, where he talks about this, the, the division of the sheep and goats, the sheep and goat judgment. I actually kind of think that probably has something to do with dividing his sheep. Okay. His people from the nations, uh, not necessarily good people, bad people. I mean, it could be, but it seems to have that kind of prophetic connection to where, where God is dividing out. So I take the stance in my book, um, that basically is we will not know for certain, right? Until Messiah comes and figures it out for us, right? And 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 so I make no claims. I I believe perhaps a certain way, but I, I make no claims. I don't make any claims or positions in that. So I just say I know what 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 the Lord has revealed to me is what it is. We'll see okay. what happens. Perfect. And 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 I will not now suddenly. Um, develop an attitude um, against a much greater narrative that I am just a part of. Right. So this, you know, redemptive history, looking at it. redemptive history is much bigger than me. It's much bigger than my input. <laughs> so I look, I step back and I'm, I'm kind of in awe of what I see that God is going to do. And it's like, it's amazing. Uh, but I'm just an observer. So I'm part of this history. It's great. It's going to be amazing to see how God rolls this out. Um, that's I, kind of my I view. totally agree. I totally agree. The, you know, the thing is we take the prophecy of Yechezkel, Ezekiel 37. Everyone knows the two sticks, mm. but it's interesting. We become one. First of all, the, the word in, in Hebrew is karav, karev, to draw close to each other. That's our job. We only become one people again in whose hand? Hashem. His hand. We're not going to do it. Yeah, we're not going to do it. Conversations like this are a great starting point. It's a great way to build a relationship. It's a great, I, I look forward to hearing feedback from people that will watch this and think about it and be challenged by it, be encouraged by it, because they should be encouraged by it. The only people who should be challenged are those people who are supersessionists who are into replacement theology. There is no room on this boat for them. There isn't. There isn't. And we're, all, you know, I, I love I love when people say realistically, and they say, you know, we're likely all to be surprised at least a little bit with how this all works out. I'm cool with that. I've got no problem with that. But our job is to show that we can play nice in the proverbial sandbox together. I mean, our, our family, we, we collectively, the people of Israel, collectively, we descend from the single most dysfunctional family in the history of planet Earth. We have entire baggage trains of baggage that we're each <laughs> lugging behind us. Okay, so let's let's be realistic about it. And let's be a bit humble and say, hey, let's join hands and let's see what we can do together. 
And I don't diss you, you don't diss me. It's, it's a really, the concept of mutual respect, I had thought, I thought it was a great soundbite, mutual respect for the reconciliation and restoration of all of Israel. Mm-hmm. But people want to redefine mutual respect. They de- want to define it that I'm right and you need to respect me. And somehow mutual, you know, it's funny. I'm not a native English speaker. I'm not. I grew up in the Bronx. We spoke something similar to English, but not quite. So I make mistakes, but I really looked up mutual. And it it means that I to you and you to me. I thought it was straightforward. But anyway, here we are. Now, earlier you had mentioned to me your experience of having gone into a messianic uh, congregation and being made aware that believing in this quote-unquote two-house theology was totally unacceptable. So I want to I want to address that because that's you know it actually came up a few times when I was speaking in America recently uh, between December and February. Uh, that's an issue within the U.S.-based Jewish messianic movements. There are a couple of organizations where Jewish messianic congregations, synagogues, or whatever they, you know, whatever, however they define themselves, those congregations, they are vehemently anti what we were talking about, what you've come to understand, what I've come to understand, totally against that. That's not an issue in the mainstream Orthodox Jewish community that I live in. In Israel, the term two-house theology is totally unknown. No one ever read any, except for me, no one ever read any of Batya Wooten's books. Nothing. They have no idea what you're talking about. We know that the tribes of Israel will turn because Hashem promised they would. And all of the Nevi'im, Yermiao, Jeremiah, Yechezkel, Ezekiel, Hosea, Hosea, yeah, I mean, it's much. all about it. Right. It's all about the Northern Kingdom. We now, again, we don't know how that's going to. We can't, Matt. You and I can't sit down and make this happen ourselves. We can't. We cannot work out all the differences in terms of our daily religious lives. But guess what? This is the best news. We don't have to. We don't have to. We deal with each. We work together. I mean, I'm looking forward to you coming to Israel. First cup of coffee's on me. <laughs> okay, I'll limit it to Jerusalem. <laughs> I'm not going to travel around the rest of the country chasing you. I'm sorry. Because, because thank God, we're now allowing tourists back in the country. Yeah. So more yeah. than two years of not being able to work a single day. I guided a group this week for the first time. First time since what, Hanoch? Yeah. March 5th, 2020. I was there in December of 2019, so literally three months later. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, we had we had people hanging off the walls. Right. It was amazing. Anyway, so unless we're willing, you know, and 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 again, I'm saying this is the litmus test. If you cannot stop yourself from denigrating someone else's beliefs, I'm sorry, you're not part of Israel. I don't know what you're a part of, but whatever it is. I don't want to know about it. 
what is your definition? Um, Cause I mean, obviously there's a technical definition, but kind of the way you look at replacement theology or supersessionism from, from the eyes of, of an Israeli, what does that, what does that look like? Okay. There's a classic Jewish understanding of replacement theology that we and I'll, and I'll use the term the Jewish people, because after the Assyrian exile, about 2,700 years ago, all left as the identifiable part of the people of Israel for, for those last 2,700 years has been the Jewish people. Okay. Made up of probably all of the tribes, technically. Well, yeah, because like, we do, it says in the Tanakh, right. it, when, when, the, when the Assyrians were coming in, Jerusalem doubled in size absorbing refugees from the northern kingdom we know that yep. and you know so that's why we like people say are you, are you are you from the tribe of judah well if it makes you feel better to think that way sure but i have no way of knowing you know people say, you know like okay come on Hanoch, what tribe do you think what tribe would you want to be if you could cherokee <laughs> you know i mean really that's where my heart is so you know anyway replacement theology God is done with you, Jews. Your role in history is over. We are the new Israel. Because again, remember something. All of the promises of the blessings go to Israel. Paul, within the Christian scriptures, is very careful to constantly, you know, use terms like grafted, you know, in other words, no one has said the, you know, the, the blessing. So what they did was they changed who was Israel. That's replacement theology. Not that I'm part of, you know, that, you know, we can be brothers standing side by side. No, you're, you're, you're the boss man and I'm gone. I'm history. Yeah. Reinstitutionalized. I mean, the, the concept really didn't exist. Um, in the Christian world, as I understand it, until probably the third century, when when the institution of the church kind of came by, they created a new eternal city, and uh, and yeah, it's you know you I was sounded, you sounded almost facetious when you said that. Well, it's true. So we were so many years ago. We were in Rome, and we kind of went into Rome. You know, I've been to the Middle East a couple times, and you go into Rome, you see all this brick and stone facade. You know, supposedly the the city with the keys to the kingdom, and the the slogan is the eternal city. And all of a sudden, we just get this sense of they're trying to be New Jerusalem. You know, they're trying to be the new, you know, the new headquarters, right? right. And and it's very Roman, so obviously very Constantinian to to you know reincorporate this new movement into his to his empire but right. I, it was just uncanny the sense you got of the the attempt to literally reorganize um and re and re-centralize um the people of god it it was it was yeah. very eye-opening no it, very it's eye-opening. it's yeah it's it's and 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 what's interesting is one of the things that i think christianity in general has been most successful at is totally ripping Yeshua out of his Jewish context, second temple period, land of Israel. Right. It is right. so hard to imagine, and you know, it's 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 
you know, and, and, and when the book of John, you know, uses the term the Jews 70, probably 70 times, you know, y- you forget that this is an internal discussion. This right. is an in-house right. argument. Right. And I've got a buddy who's translating uh, the gospel of John from a fourth century manuscript. And he's finding that many of those mentions of, as we see, the Jews is actually referring to the Judeans. Again, remember that Yeshua and his ministry are up in the Galil, in the Galilee. So you're probably thinking, wait a second, we're we're talking about Jews, you know, Judean Jews and Galilean Jews. Correct. But in the same way, back in the old country in New York City, if someone said, oh, Hanoch, you're from, you're from Brooklyn? No, there's Brooklyn and there's the Bronx. Right. We're not the same. We're not right. the same. Yeah. I've actually, I've heard it. I've heard a similar argument. It was a different book I read. It's been a few years ago that was talking about that whole distinction. And when it says the Jews, it was really referring more to the region because of the Greek word associated with it. It's interesting. Um, well, awesome. So what else do we want to talk about? Well, you know, I can tell you, Israel is ripe and ready for y'all to come and visit. We are at the very tail end of our winter season. Everything is green and lush. Again, we have this reverse thing. Because soon, once April comes, we won't get rain again. Not April, May, June, July, August, September, end of October, beginning of November. It's dry, sunny and hot. I tell people, save your data on your phone. Don't look up the weather report. In Israel, during that time, (laughs) we only have three weather reports. I'm I'm letting you in on a secret. Hot, hot, and hot. Sunny and hot, sunny and very hot, (laughs) or sunny and extremely very hot. That's it. Um, It's it's a great time to come. We'd love to see you. a major tour, sort of my showcase tour, is one that I do with Mike Clayton. Uh, we've combined for something called the Connect to Israel experience. And we remind people all the time, if you collect it, and it's very similar to what you said earlier. If you connect to the land, the land will connect to you. And it's time to get in touch with Israel and connect it into your heart. Yeah, absolutely. To quote a, to quote my dad, he always said that, um, he said it this way, he said, Abraham was commanded to, to walk the land. Right. And if we are, um, of course, by us, by faith, you by blood, but if we are the seed of Abraham, then our feet also matter. So we take the feet of Abraham everywhere we go. I, you know, it's a beautiful way of putting it. And again, I just think of that line from, oh, brother, we're out there. Is you is or is you ain't my constituency? I mean, you know, people tell me, you know, I, I meet people who are, I just met a couple the other day in their seventh decade of life, first trip to Israel. But they've, they've gone on a boat ride around Alaska. They've gone looking for, I don't know, something off Chile. They've hiked in Vietnam. Could you imagine that's a thing now? Hiking in Vietnam. Guys slightly older than me, when I was a teenager, 
had the opportunity to get that all expense paid trip from Uncle Sam to go to Southeast Asia. They got their, they got a uniform, they got an M16 and they got to walk all they want. But now people go and spend money to hike in Vietnam, <laughs> whatever. Um, it's, it's an amazing thing, but this is the time to plan a trip to Israel. I hope over the last two years, people have been saving their money. Um, you know, those that uh, didn't invest in 4,000 rolls of toilet paper, still don't quite understand how for a respiratory virus, people had to load up on toilet paper. I, I know from having right. been in America recently that I, I've met people who have enough toilet paper for their family till 2045. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. I, 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 that was, that baffled me. I was like the, the thing you would go for, right. Is toilet paper. So world's about to end huge problem. Uh, toilet paper. I, <laughs> okay. Whatever, you know, um, awesome. Well, can you give us a little information as far as your website, et cetera, if people want to look you sure. up and sure. uh, that's that kind of information. My website, my website is coleyehuda.com. That just means a voice from Judah. You'll notice it's not the only voice, the real voice, the voice you should listen to. Coleyehuda, K-O-L-Y-E-H-U-D-A.com. Um, on Facebook, Hanoch Young, H-A-N-O-C-H, last name Young, Y-O-U-N-G. Um, you can contact me via my website. Uh, there's a contact thing. Feel free to reach out. I am really good at responding to emails. Uh, my personal email, probably shouldn't do this, but here, here you go. Young Barzell, Y-O-U-N-G-B-A-R-Z-E-L at gmail.com. Um, please don't send hate mail. Yes, please don't. I really would hate to travel to your country and smack you upside your head. So I really don't <laughs> want to do that. Really, I want to be a nice guy. I want to be a nice uh, guy. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the conversation today. Thank you so much yeah, for taking so the time much. to do it. So thank you. Thanks for reaching out. Absolutely. See you in Israel. Bye bye.